You're listening to What Were You Thinking? with Eric McCoy and Morella McCoy, only on LA Talk Radio. Hey, this is Eric McCoy, and thank you for tuning back in to another episode of What Were You Thinking? We're always wanting to know, what were you thinking? Give us a call today, if you can, at 323-203-0815. Again, 323-203-0815. And as always, I am with my beautiful co-host. Hello, Morella McCoy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we get started, I want to make a quick announcement real quick. Um, Coming up next weekend... There's a uh, event called Recovery Connection Rally, which is in Garden Grove. So for anybody that's local, um, if you guys want to come down, there's going to be food, games, raffles, live music. We're going to have speakers. I'm going to be the MC for the event. And so we would love to... We'll have uh, a booth there. We'll have a booth there, and I'd love to be able to uh, meet some different people. And uh, so hope to see you again. Give us a call today if you can at 323-203-0815. Okay. I'm going to give you guys a quick, quick quote real quick on Winston Churchill. He said, The price of greatness is responsibility. <laughs> I probably sounded like him, right? <laughs> I'm sure. I've never heard you know, He never actually said that to me, but... I, the price of greatness is responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. So uh, we actually wanted to talk about responsibility today. I wanted to, to start this out, and I wanted to read a poem real quick. Um, and this is actually from the first chapter of my book. Because when I put this chapter together, responsibility was really a big part to how I found freedom in life. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to read this poem. Listen to the listen to the words and, and so evil was the face and I was hateful at best. Love had deflated, the anger enmeshed, the high superseded and no longer cared. I failed to see the signs and my head was unaware. Laughter had eluded as I sought for a hole. Pleasure became a ghost and surviving was the goal. Picasso was a painter and Michelangelo was a sculpture. Sadly, I was nothing but a heartless dying vulture. Living day to day with a scale and empty baggies, living off of dope and selling lies of nothing happy. Crime became my constant as I'd steal for nothing more than to live in a world of shadows as life was easy to ignore. Hope became a dream and life was fading fast. Nothing was often pure unlike whiskey to William Taft. I didn't want to live this life I chose for me. How can I get out and create a life that is so free? How ironic is the story that shows a man at sale It was freedom that I found when I was locked up in a jail. Think with me this moment and open up your mind. Nothing can be taken away that is solely found inside. Your story is a map that shows your life in time. Let it be your guide and lessons you will find. Embrace your pain and guilt for gladness will remain. Your pain can be a teacher as your suffering was not in vain. Let me give you some advice that may not be that clear. Love will be your answer and let joy be your souvenir. Commit to a new beginning and let power be your stance. A purpose has a place and without, you live with chance. I'm proud that I overcame and sit on solid ground. The glimpse of faith I saw pulled me to the mound. Let me share my story since we are much the same. The first step toward your future is to stop and take the blame. And then the first line of the actual books, I killed that motherfucker, was the first thought that came to me when I woke from my slumber that early morning in 2002. 
And I wrote those lines for a very specific reason. And it was actually a very well thought out <laughs> line that I put in there because for me, the thing that I failed to do for probably most of my life, especially up to then, was take responsibility. I blamed everybody. I love to blame everybody else. It wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've said this before. I don't know if it's on this show or, or on some of my podcasts, but, you know, when I was, uh, when I was arrested, I'd arrested four times in six months, the second, second arrest, I had weed planted on me. The third arrest, I was raided by the task force. They did not have a search warrant. So it was an illegal arrest in that, in that arena. And I sat there and I blamed them, mm -hmm. you know, for all of my problems, all of my troubles. And um, it got me nowhere. No, <laughs> you know? blame will never get you nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and so when I, you know, and again, I, I kind of put that in that, in, that, um, in that poem, how ironic, you know, it is that I, that I found freedom when I was locked up in a jail. And it's so true because once I took responsibility for why I was there, what it, you know, what had transpired, I started laughing. I felt freedom and I was locked up in a jail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And metaphorically, right? So not everybody goes to jail, No, but they're locked up within their own trauma or their own experiences in life and stuff like that, that they spend so much of their time putting blame on everything else that they can't, um, you know, move forward in life or they can't, you know, well, uh, freedom for me. And that was what I really learned in, in the, in that context, you know, was that freedom has nothing to do with anything external. No, absolutely. Freedom comes from within. Right. But what I was, what I was getting at was that they're imprisoned in their own mind mm -hmm. to be able to move forward, to get that freedom because they want to put the blame on everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Many people spend a lot of time asking why a certain person in their life is doing that to them. Why they treat me this way? Why, why do they, you know, act this way? You know, that kind of stuff. But one of the quotes that, um, that I found that I thought was like amazing, simple question is why don't we stop asking why they keep doing it to me and start asking, why am I allowing them to treat me this way? Mm -hmm. right because we're so we can't move forward because this person's holding me back or that person's holding me back or you know um this person's not loving me the way i want them to love me or not treating me the way i want them to treat me and so i'm gonna stay stagnant into a, in a relationship or stagnant at a job because it's everybody else's fault yeah instead of saying what are the choices that i have you know, what well, do I need to, yeah. And that's what, you know, when I work with clients, I, you know, I talk about that, you know, we are responsible for our thoughts. We're responsible for our feelings. We're responsible for our behavior. And they always come back with, well, what if they do this to me? What if they're, they disrespect me? What if they treat me poorly? What if they yell at me? Mm -hmm. Are you going to allow that to happen? I mean, that's the reality of what it comes back to is that you know, again, I like, for me, I choose people in my life that love me, support me, care about me. And I don't have those people in my life that are going to disrespect me and treat me poorly. And that's responsibility. Right. But it's also your choice to be, when they say, why, you know, why are you allowing them to treat you this way? Well, 
you have a choice at that moment to say, one, I'm not going to allow it and I'm going to make a different choice and move on from having this particular relationship or whether it be an intimate relationship or friendship or whatever partnership or trying to fight back and trying to prove your point, right? That whole fighting back and trying to prove your point and saying, you disrespect me and not, you know, you're going to have to change. You're trying to change somebody else when the only thing that you can change is yourself and your choices of Mm -hmm. how you're going to proceed with that. And so that's where this conversation started, you know, earlier this week when we started talking about things that I'm seeing on the news that I'm feeling like I'm seeing it more and more and more that people are not taking responsibility for their own actions, for their own choices that they made. And they want to spend so much time blaming everybody else for their, you know, misfortunes or for their, you know, um, horrible relationships or, you know, their coworkers or, you know, whatever the case may be, they, they, they spend so much energy and time blaming everybody else and saying, okay, what is it that one, what part did I play in this? Right. And two, what choices do I have so that I can get away from this, this toxic, Mm -hmm. you know, um, situation or whatever. And so I felt it was really important to talk about because I, again, like I said, I'm seeing it more and more and more on a consistent basis. You hear it on the news. I mean, all the hit and runs that you see on the news right now, people, people are literally not taking responsibility for the fact that they have physically hurt somebody with a vehicle and saying, I better stop and see if this person's okay. Right. Because Mm -hmm. their fear of what may happen is so great that they can't take the responsibility. Right. Kids are not taking responsibility for their own actions either. Like when I say kids, I am 45. So a 30 year old is a kid to me, you know, um, (laughs) So, you know, when I'm seeing the, Damn old. right? Jeez. So, I'm seeing the younger gener- generation just not taking responsibility for their actions. And I and I think we talked about this before, you know, um on one of our previous shows about the helicopter parents, right? And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that is coming out of this, right? You have the helicopter moms or dads that are completely taking care of every wrong choice that you make or right or wrong, right? They're covering all the expenses and they're like don't worry mommy's going to take care of you daddy's going to take care of you well you know you don't have to take responsibility for this so you're you're not teaching your children how to take that responsibility mm-hmm. right so if they make a good choice you celebrate that if they make a bad choice you you take that as a as a as a learning lesson and you teach them and you guide them so yeah. that when they are older they can take that responsibility well right. i think that goes i think it goes hand in hand with you know like a parent for instance, that likes to take responsibility or take, you know, credit for their kid's success, but then they, you know, um, or the or the individuals, you know, that like to take credit for their success, but they don't want to take responsibility for the failures or the bad mistakes exactly. that are ultimately made. And, and so I think, and, and, you know, when I think of, when I think of self-responsibility, I think of, of self-control. That's what this mm-hmm. is about. You know, it's about self-control. Because I'm, when I look at what am I responsible for, I'm responsible for my happiness, my recovery. I'm responsible for, you know, my self-esteem. I'm responsible for achieving my goals. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm responsible for everything that has to do with me. What am I not responsible for? You. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. (laughs) You are not responsible for, for how they 
they treat you, how they treat others, how, you know, the only responsibility you have is yourself. And the constant theme in, in what you were just saying is the me and the I. That is the one time that you can actually be selfish enough to say, no, this is not what I want for my life. And I want something different. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and it's not always easy because there is times that you've made a choice that you thought was the right choice. And it didn't pan out the way you wanted to. And so now you got to think about, okay, what's my plan B? What's my second choice? Right. And so, um, or, you know, I can use the example of, you know, um, marrying my, my first husband, you know, I married him for the wrong reasons. I know that now, but I didn't know it then, you know, I married him because we had children together. We had been together, you know, who was going to want me with different children, you know, whatever. I could sit there and blame him for the last 20 years that we were together for all the things that didn't go right. But I had to look back and go, okay, there was some things that I did too. And what do I not want in a relationship anymore? Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, we met and we've talked about, you know, what I want in a relationship, what you want in a relationship. And, and we were able to band together, but it was a hard, you know, it was a hard look at myself. What was, what part did I play in this in this situation mm -hmm. did i allow things to happen and just kept turning my back on it and, you know those kind of things and or you know did i not treat him well you know those kind of things there was a lot of things that you have to learn from it so making wrong choices is going to happen in life but you've got to learn from it and not sit there and dwell and you know let it fester and if somebody treated you wrong like why did they treat me wrong and what did they, you know what did i ever do to them and you know whatever it's really comes to like, you can't control that other person. The only one you control is yourself. Right. Which comes back to how, you know, what can you do for yourself to protect yourself? And this is where boundaries come in. Absolutely. You know, when, and I'll give you, I'll give my example, you know, with my ex-wife. So, you know, when I was married to my ex-wife, we, um, had constant trouble, mm -hmm. constant issues. Um, you know, she wouldn't, you know, allow me to go anywhere unless you know she was there accusations of everything i mean there was just all kinds of accusations and i could have chose to obviously just remain in that situation or as i worked on my self-esteem i learned this process of setting boundaries right and so with the boundary setting you know i went to her and said look you know what i feel angry that you're doing this 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 and this I need you to do this, 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 and this, whatever. And if you continue doing this, then I'm going to leave. Right. It's the same. It's almost the same conversation I had with my ex too. So. Yeah. And so make sure that you're willing to follow through on the consequence. Right. But. Don't just threat. Right. Don't, don't just. Make yeah. Because then they come back and say, yeah, yeah, they'll say it. They won't do anything, yeah. you know. And she did great for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then it started and then I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and went to friend's house, stayed there for a while. Then I ended up coming back and then obviously in, in the end it didn't work. Right. You know, right. Long, <laughs> the long run. <laughs> right. But, uh, but that's a good example though of, of, you know, how do we protect ourselves? I mean, that's, that's to me the most important thing. I mean, in our recovery, we look at, you know, we look at it, And honestly, I always think about this, you know, drugs aren't the problem. They're really not, mm -hmm. you know, 
you know, when I look at my substance abuse, it, it's not the drugs that were the problem. It was, you know, my lack of comfortability in dealing with my emotions, my low self-esteem, you know, all these different things that, um, you know, sort of made it sense, made sense right. to use the drugs because then it helped me either avoid or deal with or numb the things that I was dealing with. So when I got clean and sober, this is where I had to learn, you know, how to manage my emotions, embrace my feelings, come comfortable with myself, mm -hmm. you know, work on my self-esteem, love well, myself. And that's where the biggest fear comes in of, of, of going into sobriety, right? Because consciously we know if I go into sobriety and I'm not going to use anymore, I'm going to have a flood of feelings that I have been not dealing with for mm -hmm. however long I've been using. And so, so many people don't want to deal with that. And they, so they keep hiding behind the drug or the alcohol that they're, they're consuming because they are so uh, afraid to deal with the reality. Right. And even for those who, who have never used drugs or don't, you know, don't have that vice. When we talked about it, they may have experienced trauma in their life. They, you know, sexual abuse, uh, spousal abuse, parental abuse, you know, uh, whatever. There's so many things that could have happened through your formative years um, that you're holding on to. And I think we made the example of of people who had, you know, lived in a poor family and the parents couldn't afford to put their kid through college. And so now you're saying, well, I lived in a poor family and that's why I, um, I wasn't able to get the career I wanted because I couldn't go and get my education and I couldn't do this. And, you know, if my parents would have just been able to save or put me through college or, you know, whatever the case may be, all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, you're, you're, you're imprisoning yourself. You're not allowing yourself to okay, this is what happened to me. It sucked. It wasn't the coolest thing, you know, whatever, but I have a choice. I could sit there and use and, and, um, and, you know, work a dead end job that I'm not happy in, or I could find a way to find the career that I want my calling mm -hmm. because so many people are, are just doing the, making the motions, right? There's all kinds of options when it comes to school and, and going back to school and grants and stuff like that. You just have to do the research. If you're online, you know, looking at Facebook or TikTok or whatever for hours, you have time to sit there and mm -hmm. really go, okay, what is it that I want in my life and what steps do I have to take? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I, I recently told um, my oldest, you know, really right now, you know, he, he wants a job, he wants a car, he wants this and he wants, he wants all this kind of stuff. You know, at 25, you think you're supposed to be at a certain place in your life. Like I should have it all together at 25, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah, right. And so I'm like, I'm 45. I don't even have it all together yet. You know, like, it's, you know, it's starting to come together, but there's still stuff that I want, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I said was you write all your goals down because if you just have them here in your head, it just seems so massive. And there's so much that has to take place that you start to go, yeah, I don't think I can do that. You mm -hmm. know? being a being a recovering addict too you know it's one of those things is you can be a recovering addict get sober but still not find happiness because you feel that because you were a recovering addict you're not you're never going to amount to much right mm -hmm. you you hold on to that yeah i was i i messed up my first 20 years of life or you know whatever however long it was and here i am you know 40 45 and yeah, I'm expected to go back to school. Why can't you? 
You know what I mean? But you hold on you hold on to the fact that well I was an addict. So sure. you know. Well and that goes back but to that the, goes back to the self esteem. Well and that goes back to, you know, like when we were talking about that, you know, if you grow up in a, a sexually abusing family or a physically abusing family system that sure you're not at fault and that's not your responsibility of what happened to you when you were a kid, but it hits a point to where you need to take responsibility. Right. I mean, and that's, cool. and that's the truth because so many people continue using these things as their crutch. Right. And they become oh, the martyr. You know, yeah, you be, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know, and I think we talked about this too, was, you know, like throughout my sexual, you know, sexual abuse. And then I did spend a good amount of years really, you know, blaming the world. And, you know, I was young, I was a teenager, you know, blaming the world, um, you know, promiscuous, um, you know, really feeling that, you know, men only wanted one thing, would never love me, you know, those kind of things. And I, and I spent a good amount of years, probably into my early 20s, um, which is one of the reasons why, another reason why I could say I stayed with my children's father because of the fact that I really thought there was no way any man was ever going to love me again, you know? Um, and And so... It was at some point, I think probably once I became a mom and I really started to live for the, for my children and really start to kind of grow a little bit was when I realized, okay, this happened to me, but I'm holding on to it and I need to start letting that go Mm -hmm. because for one thing that happened, I'm not going to let that hold me from wanting to grow in my life. And, you know, and I pushed myself really hard to get where I'm at in my career. I've pushed myself really hard to make sure I was as good as a mom as I could be, you know? Um, and I, and I think the one thing that I could say I made a, I guess you would say quote unquote mistake was I didn't give myself enough attention until my kids got older. And then I'm like, Oh, I gotta think about me now, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's something I'm still working on. But you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, you can hold on to that crutch. And there's, unfortunately there's people that hold on to that crutch for their whole life. Mm-hmm. And they live their entire life just miserable and unhappy for choices that somebody else made towards you as a young person that you feel that you can't get out of mm-hmm. because you don't want to work on that self-esteem or you don't want to work on finding out, okay, what actions did you play, you know, in your life that, that you know, what turn did you make in your life that didn't work out for you and you want, you spent most of your time blaming everybody else. Mm-hmm instead of taking the responsibility. And I think you and I talked also about the fact that this is what we see almost on a daily basis in our political environment. Mm -hmm. You have somebody, and I'm not going to say any names. It doesn't matter who it is because you'll see it on both sides. But you have one person saying, well, this person hadn't done this. And if this person hadn't, you know, signed this document, and if they hadn't said this and they hadn't done that, then this wouldn't be happening. But what is that solving? Nothing. Not a bit. We absolutely know that this person did this and said this and whatever. Okay, so where's the fix? Mm -hmm. All I heard, all I heard you do right now is blame, 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 blame. That's across the board. I mean, and I mean, and not even just in politics. No, it's everywhere. But yeah, that is absolutely everywhere. I mean, and it's the epitome of what I find honestly to be sort of the disgust in politics Mm -hmm. because it's absolutely absurd. Mm -hmm. You know. You know, this person, yeah, just like you said, did this, 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 and this, you know. I mean, why are we spending all this time wasted talking about something that happened before 
instead of now focusing because it's all political again that's what it comes down to it's a political scenario because we need to make sure that we talk shit on the other side make sure that we emphasize Mm -hmm. how bad they are and then we really won't worry about fixing it because we don't really know how to do it but (laughs) you know and uh it it it's absolutely absurd, you yeah, know. It, I mean, and, and again, that's I mean, you know, our political system's a nightmare. I mean, I, I don't know how anything ever actually even gets done. No, neither know? do I. But it's um, again not just. Which really nothing does get done, but right. <laughs> it's not just in. It's not just in politics. It's just no. something that you're seeing across the board so much more. You know, people working on trying to lose weight. Well, I can't lose weight. Well, but what choices are you making? Yeah. Have you have you taken the steps to, you know, eat better, exercise, whatever it is that you need to take, you know, um, or, you know, people that um, I don't know, like I just use weight because I know I'm always working. <laughs> I'm trying to, um, you know, I do my workouts and stuff like that. But I was one of those people. Like, I can't lose weight because my back hurts. My back hurts because of this car accident. You know, you know, this car accident ruined my back. It ruined my knee. And I'm just going to be fat forever, mm-hmm. you know. And it, at some point I was like, okay. Well, and that's, a, you know, acceptance. Yeah. You know, acceptance, that's a kind of a self-esteem component, you know, mm-hmm. self-acceptance. You accept that you are who you are. You've done what you've done. You said what you said. You know, all of these things about you, you accept it. It doesn't mean you can't change it. Right. Right. Um, and it also doesn't mean that you have to like it. Right. Right. But, you know, we look at, you know, acceptance is the precondition to change anyways, you mm-hmm. know? So for you to change anything, you have to first accept, accept it. Accept it. You know? Absolutely. Which goes back to, I mean, you know, with substance abuse, I mean, you know, I always love love this concept, but, you know, people come into treatment to work on a problem they don't think they have to learn from people they don't think they're going to learn from. I right, mean, that's the right. epitome of treatment, right? right? And so coming in to work on a problem they don't think that they, they have, now, obviously, they ended up in there for some reason. Most people don't just land on a doorstep of a rehab by accident. Right. <laughs> but... You know, but the but the point is, is that you have to first accept for you to change anything. You have to accept, take responsibility, you know. I mean, unless you, you know, we always kind of joke, you know, unless, you know, somebody like forced dope down your throat, you know, stuck a needle in your right. in your arm, right. you know, forced you to do it, um, you made the choices to do that, right. you know. And that goes back to, you know, all a lot of the people in the recovery world that, you know, um, we, we, even with the disease concept, you know, addiction's a disease. Right. And I hear this a lot, you know, when I was going to meetings, you know, you'd hear people that, oh, I relapsed. Oh, I slipped. I have a disease, right? Mm-hmm. Like an excuse, it's an excuse yeah. that, that it gives them to do that. Well, I can attest that I've relapsed. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that, uh, you know, I was in recovery. I relapsed. I made a choice. It was still a choice that I made, mm-hmm. you know, and I can honestly, you know, I, like I teach clients the disease. Is addiction really a disease? I teach that. You can look at it as, is addiction, you know, a behavior, right? Smart recovery teaches it's a behavior, right? Change the behavior, you can get better. But the funny thing with me is that, you know, if, if it's a disease or it's a behavior, the same thing's going to happen. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, it really doesn't matter. 
and and so that responsibility is huge mm-hmm. you know if i relapse i say look you know what i chose this i did this i chose it right right you know or or you know either way you choose it whether you make a choice or don't make a choice you still made a choice how do you do it without making a choice? I you lost no, me on that so, one. So like like if I choose to do something or I choose to not do something, I still made a choice. Oh, okay. That sounds a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. That did sound weird. That sounded enough. very yeah. weird the first time you said it. I'm like, I don't know where you're going with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, um, but back to what I was telling telling Alex was, you know, you 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 take all these thoughts that you have in your head of like what it is that you want in life and you write them down and then you break them into little steps into smaller steps and what and you start taking those steps and you start crossing those out crossing them out as you take those little steps to get to the main goal right and i i recommend that to everybody if they take and then and and segment their lives from work uh, motherhood, fatherhood, you know, personal, all that kind of stuff. What things that you're not happy about and what things you want to see change in and then you break it down to even minuscule. What little steps do I need to make to start making those changes? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and then it becomes, once you start doing that, it becomes a behavioral, you know, you start changing your behaviors, change, start changing your mindset of what's going on, right? You know, I... I talked about wanting to go back to school. You know, we had talked about this right before COVID. I, you know, started talking to school and started, you know, doing the paperwork and doing the transcripts and all that kind of stuff so I can get my bachelor's in healthcare administration. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, you know, it's all going to be online. And I didn't want to do online school again. I wanted to be on campus of the cohort and all that whole stuff i you know now i have the ability to go out and do that then COVID hit so i decided not to pursue it right um until campuses started to reopen again and i i remember going great now that's ruined you know going guess i'm not going back to school and i started feeling kind of sorry for myself and i'm like now what am i gonna do and you know whatever but I had a choice to say, okay, let me put this aside until things open up again or do online school. And I could have sat here now that things are starting to open up a little bit, maybe, um, you know, with the, the schools and stuff, I can now go, okay, it's opened up. Now I can start going that rep avenue again. Or I could sit there and feel sorry. Well, yeah, I wanted to do it last year, but I couldn't. So I guess I'm not. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's setting those goals for yourself and knowing that there might be things that will get in your way from setting those goals. But getting that plan B together. Mm -hmm. Right. And being like, all right, that's a setback. Now, what other choices do I have? What other whatever things can I make? But taking personal responsibility for your life is so critical. Right. Because for your happiness, for your that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. It, it's it's critical for your happiness, for your sanity, for for your personal well being. To achieve your goals. To achieve your goals. To do anything really. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even if like, even if you're absolutely happy with the way your life is going, you know, like I have this great job, I have you know my kids are awesome, you know everything's good. 
then great. That means you're happy with your choices. But at the same time, it's like, thing, you know, you got to be ready to make those decisions because nothing stays the same. There's constant change. There's constant, you know, so you always, we talked about that, you know, just constantly trying to find more for your life. Yeah, it goes to the question, like, you know, how, how long do people want to allow other people to affect what you do? Mm-hmm. Because that, that happens all the time. I mean, that's, you know, even though you're giving them power, but they're ultimately still controlling you. Absolutely. Well, back to the, you know, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point it gets to when you're making all these wrong choices, you're giving that abuser the power over you. Even though you're not even being abused anymore, you are now abusing yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're you're now abusing yourself because you're allowing that individual to take that control over you. If you are in a dysfunctional relationship and you continue to allow that to happen, it is at some point no longer that other person's fault. It is your fault because you are not allowing you are not loving yourself to move forward, to move on, Mm -hmm. you know, to make a different choice. You're giving the power to the person who's treating you badly. Mm -hmm. And that same with work. If you have a boss who doesn't treat you right, doesn't, you know, um, doesn't respect your work or, you know, all this other stuff and you're simply unhappy in your job and you stay there because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you are choosing to -hmm. be unhappy. You're choosing to because you're wanting that that person to change. Yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, in in certain circumstances, you may not be able to immediately leave your job because of no, finances but, and things like that. But yeah, at some point in time, job, you know, it, and that's the thing. You see that happen all the time. People are angry. I hate my job. I hate my job. I hate. Well, are you looking for another one? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> no, but you know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe you should actually get off your ass and go look for another job. Right. Um, keep the job you have. I mean, that's the whole thing. You got to be smart. You know, keep right, the job yeah. you have, but yeah, we're definitely not saying just go. I'm yeah. out and then live on the streets of Los Angeles, right? <laughs> you know, although there's, there's there's you got plenty of neighbors. We got plenty of neighbors. <laughs> I don't know if we have any more room. Though. That's the that's yeah. the thing. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, there comes a point where it's like you just continue to take the abuse from whoever is coming. At some point, that it's no longer the abuser's fault because you're allowing it to happen. You're giving them the power over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that it's unfortunate, but you're seeing it so much, so frequently now that it's like, it's painful. It's, it breaks my heart because at some point I've been there too. You know, you've been there in, in bad relationships and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we've all been in a part in our lives where we had to go, okay, what part am I playing in this dysfunction? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I need to take the responsibility to make the choices I need to make to move forward. Yeah, I know we were talking before about like integrity, you know, and how integrity can really play into like the responsibility. You know, I've said, I don't know, I've said on the show, but you know, the average human tells over 200 lies a day. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, right? Over 200 lies a day. And, uh, but when you break it down and you look at, you know, all the different forms of lying, it can start to make sense. Rationalization, justifying, denial, you know, um, but you are responsible, you know, for all of these things, you know, integrity, the integration of our ideals, our convictions, standards, beliefs, values, morals, and behavior. And when they match, then we can say that we have integrity. Mm -hmm. I used to tell people this and I, 
you know, I mean, the simple question, how do you stay clean and sober? Just don't use, right? Right. But there's two main keys that I think are very important in this. And so for, you know, people out there that are really struggling, here's a couple of things to think about. I just kind of want to throw this out here. You know, is that, you know, I'm not a big 12-step person. I'm not the, not the guy that, you know, goes to a lot of meetings. It was a foundation. It did help me in the very beginning. But, you know, the one thing I firmly agree with, with the 12-step program is the first step, the powerlessness, right? That if you can truly believe that you are 100% powerless, you'll never use again. Mm -hmm. And I believe this, right? Because when I look at and I talk to, and again, I look at myself and talk to a lot of people out there that have relapsed, it's always the premise of, eh, I'm like 80% powerless. So that leaves me with 20% power. And of mm -hmm. course, me being me as a drug abusing type of person, I'm going to latch onto the power. Right, you're going to you latch know? onto the 20%. Yeah. And so, so we've got to get to that place to where, you know what, I am fully, not, not clean and sober, you know, because, you know, when I'm out there using, I'm powerless. But once I get clean and sober, that's where I have power. Right. And if I want to keep that power, I need to, to stay clean and sober. Right. Right. The other part to the concept of staying clean and sober and for everybody out there that is clean and sober and you look at what you value in life, what are your values, right? You know, while clean and sober, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, my family, my kids, my health, my job, you know, all these different things. And these are what you truly value. Mm -hmm. I mean, clean and sober, that's what you value. Right. That's what you really, truly value. What do you value when you're using? Just the drug. Yeah, and not even that sometimes, but, you know, yeah. that you're just kind of latching on. You don't on really value too, anything. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can really hold on to those values, you're never going to use again either. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to give those up. You know? Yeah, 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 I hear what you're saying. You can't be willing to give those up. Mm -hmm. um, and and so that's, you know, I think, and again, just kind of correlating this with responsibility, you know, I think that that is so very, very important. Well, yeah, because responsibility is a form of integrity. Taking responsibility for yourself, you have to have integrity to do that, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to say, this is, this, I, I have integrity for myself, I have self-respect, I, you know, love myself, and therefore I will be responsible, I will follow my values, my morals, my beliefs, right, that you may have. Uh, and the reason, like, again, I think we talked about this, the reason that we, we even suggested talking about self-responsibility, right, is, is because it was one day we were watching the news and it was just this week where somebody some car hit um, a, a woman crossing the street, not on the crosswalk, um, on her skateboard, slammed into her, took off, she died, mm -hmm. right? And I'm hearing this at least two or three times a week, different stories. Mm -hmm. And it just baffles me because if that person had any type of integrity, any type of respect for themselves, they would have never driven away. Or respect for the other person. Or respect for the other person. Respect for a <clears throat> fellow human. Mm -hmm. Right? They and I know that story, they determined that the it was actually the 
pedestrian's fault. It was the And so it wouldn't fault. have actually been the fault of the driver, but, but it now, is now their it fault. It is now, yes. You know. It is now, now it's a felony hit and run mm-hmm. because the person took off, right? Um, now, what were the situation of why that person took off? You know, took off? Maybe was, you know, under the influence, uh, maybe had something in the car that, you know, didn't want the cops to didn't have a license, didn't have a license, teenagers sold the mom's car. So there, there was a choice that that driver made mm-hmm. that was possibly illegal, took the car, did whatever was behind the wheel, you know, whatever was going on in the car, in the car itself, hit this person and was so afraid to stop. Because of whatever the situation was, why that person was in the car mm-hmm. and didn't stop, right? And there's no way that any of you could tell me, well, how do you how do you know that person even knows that they hit the person? Mm-hmm. Because they literally said they literally said that there's so much the 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 girl was hit so hard that there's got to be a ton of damage mm-hmm. on the car. Mm-hmm. So let's just say he he or she was drunk hit the person by the time they they had to first of all had to have known that they hit somebody but they th- by the time they got home and they saw the wreck in, <laughs> on their car mm-hmm. you know so now there, there's this manhunt and trying to find the person mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff and um all this whole time somebody's dead yeah but we have a you know we live in a society that does not like to give responsibility to people I mean, we see this over and over and over. I mean, the hypocrisy, for instance, right, behind, you know, you know, you got even, you know, senators and Congress people and all this stuff, you know, that are like even going to the va- the, the face, you know, or the, or the, 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 um, the mandates, the vaccine oh. or the, you know, the mask mandates, mm-hmm. right? That are like, oh, no, you know what? They should be able to choose. They should be able to weigh the consequences. They should be able to choose for themselves, right? But then, you know, other areas of like, you know, well, uh, you have to wear your seatbelt, right? Well, wait a minute. Why can't I choose that right. versus having to wear a mask? Right. You know, so there's like all these like mixed messages. You know, right. they get to choose for themselves, do what they want with their 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 own body. You can't do drugs, though, which is, you know. <laughs> or you can't abort babies in Texas. You can't abort um, pregnancies, right. but right? you get to choose what you, you do on your own body by the vaccine, vaccine <laughs> so. which could give you COVID, and then you kill somebody else. Which is the argument of a woman getting an abortion; they're killing a baby. Right. But maybe if they get they don't get the vaccine, they catch COVID, give it to somebody else, they killed them. They may have killed somebody too. Yeah, but there's <laughs> there's just so much hypocrisy, and you're right. I mean, and that's. And that's where it's it becomes harder to make those choices. It's yeah. like, and and again, I'm not arguing well, right or wrong on any of these, but exactly. it's more of the hypocrisy it's behind, hypocrisy you know. Behind absolutely. Um, I mean, if if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's absolutely your choice. If you are vaccinated, that's your choice. Like whatever you decide to do, um, you know. But just just don't push your ideas on somebody else. I mean, we we had a whole show on this, right? It's like I'm not going to go to somebody who's unvaccinated and be like, "You're an idiot," you know. What I'm not going to that's your choice. Mm-hmm. I may not agree with it, but that's your choice. So don't come to me and tell me for, that I'm wrong for 
being vaccinated, yeah. you know? So, so it's like you live your life, I'll live mine. But yeah, in yeah. our, in our political world and in the way things are, you know, that that's so many exceptions to the rule, yeah. right. That causes problems. And of course we were talking on the way in here, we were talking about like all the lawsuits, you know, oh, yeah. like, like the guy that buys the motor home and then he's reading in the thing. Oh, you got, you know, Oh, cruise control. So I'm driving down the road, put it in cruise control. I get up, go, start cooking myself cooking burger <laughs> the thing flips over so then i sue the manufacturer of the company because they specifically didn't put it in there that you have to actually be driving right right and the guy won the lawsuit and i was saying i was like this is why our manuals are getting bigger and, and bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger yeah we're gonna right? have to carry them in a suitcase you're gonna soon. have to have yeah your car's your car glove box is not going to fit your manual very soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to have a whole department and a whole, you know, enclosed compartment in the back of the car that's going to hold your manual. <laughs> right. And, and granted, we may not have the whole story, you know, like, but, but that's the basics of it. You know, just like the, the woman who dropped the hot coffee on her at McDonald's and then you sued McDonald's because it was too hot of coffee. You know, there, I've heard different stories. Like it was like, so severely hot that it caused blistering and then you know the people were like well how did she not know it was hot it's freaking coffee right it's not like she had or well but coffee. see and here goes a good here's a good example though okay because you know like for me when i get like something really hot if i'm in a drive-thru and somebody hands me i'm gonna make sure that lid's on yeah because see common sense to me says that you know what yeah i don't want that that shit to spill on me. So I'm going to make sure that thing's sealed, you right. know, again, that because that was the argument I think that was made was that the lid was not on right. properly right. and spilled on her. But, but you that's know, the thing, not everybody has common sense. And I'm finding that more and more in today's world is mm -hmm. that common sense is very not common mm -hmm. as we would like it well, to it's be. It's like the people that just walk in the middle of the road because pedestrians have the right of way, right? right? Then I'm going to walk in the middle of the road. Well, that, that's great if you, you get hit and killed by a car, but you know. And then the I don't family how... blames the driver. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and yeah. so so we've got to remember, like, we're we're so entitled, and so there's those choices that we make. And the problem is, you know, they, you know, like the coffee or or the um, or the Winnebago or whatever the mobile home, um, they. They make these choices and they don't want to accept the fact that they made these choices. Maybe didn't use the common sense to make sure the lid was on or common sense says cruise control doesn't mean you leave the car by itself. It, you know, this was be way before Tesla. So, you know, you don't just just walk away from a car. That's common sense. Maybe these people didn't have common sense or, you know, there's maybe some other things behind that story. But well, there could they be, but... they made a choice mm -hmm. and then their choice was to be, get angry sue the organizations and guess where our higher dollars come why are we paying more money for certain things you know because Absolutely. they have to make their money somehow sure and we're paying for oh it. we're gonna pay for it yeah we're yeah. paying for it every lawsuit that goes to a company they're gonna jack it up and we're gonna pay for it right right so we we you know again just because they don't want to take the responsibility for their own actions you know i'm sure let's say that the lid was loose you know off the coffee mm -hmm. right um, I doubt that the person who handed the coffee over to the to the lady wanted to burn her. You know you, what I mean? You never know, but you, you don't. Probably but, not. You know. But the thing is, like, I, I just I don't. That was an accident. Accidents happen. Like it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where people just they just want to blame so many people on every choices, anything bad that happens to them. They want to blame somebody else. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, the other thing is this, and this is something we see a lot in the industry, in the substance abuse industry, is, you know, a lot of disrespect by clients to staff and things like that. And everybody always goes, you know what, don't take it, don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. Don't take it personally, which I 100% agree with for a couple reasons. Is One is it's probably got nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, and again, I think that kind of goes back to the world ain't revolving around you. <laughs> right, right. I think we all yeah. believe that there's this little circle, this world's all about me. Yeah, it's all about me. You know, um, and and I say we because there's times that I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, like I was on a Zoom meeting right after my haircut and nobody mentioned my haircut. Oh. And I was like, ugh, nobody mentioned my haircut. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, I thought my haircut's cute. You know, like it was just funny because, and then of course my friend Lisa always you know throws reality back in my face she goes oh my god your hair is so cute i'm so sorry the world did not stop and and make sure they said something you know like she was just and i was like all right you're right you're fine okay yeah you know but it's what did you have this look on your face like no i told her i'm like nobody oh you told her oh i'm like nobody said anything about my haircut and she's like Oh my thought, god! And she was like, "Oh my god!" Like she just was like making fun of I me. I thought you just had like this huge disgust on your face. Oh, or... she says I always have that face. That face <laughs> when it comes to work. So she's like, you know, I have that resting bitch face for sure <laughs> at work. But and it's and it's funny. I was talking to another girlfriend of mine, who, um, you know, works at the same place that I work at, and we're all working from home. So all the people in the administration office are pretty much working from home. You know, they go in throughout the week. Um. Anyway, so they come in throughout the week or whatever, but the individuals at the health centers, so like the MAs, RNs, and that kind of stuff. Is the time already? Yeah. Well, they need to fix that clock. (laughs) Anyways, they're angry with us. So the people at the health centers are angry with the admin because they get to work at home. Hmm. But yet they've made a choice to work in a medical center. Right, right. Yeah. So... What? Yeah. I don't get that. Anyways, yeah. that was the long story or short of it. The time goes way too fast. Yes. And real quick, I want to make another mention again about this Orange County Recovery Rally. Again, that's going to be going on not this weekend. It's the following weekend on Saturday. Um, if anybody's interested, go to ocrecoveryrally.org and you can register um, to go to the event. Again, ocrecoveryrally.org. And uh, again, I want to thank everybody for listening this time does go way too damn quick and uh and we'll look forward to next week last comment make sure that you sit down and take inventory of your life and take responsibility for it have a good night you're listening to what were you thinking with